WFH with two guys. Now here's Benny and Dennis. Dennis, when when we have somebody come back again, you know that it's topics that's worthwhile and useful and Maybe we just like the guests that come on here. So I know that we've got, it's been about a year. I think it's been yeah, about a year here. since that, that since Chris has been on here, but you know, this is a topic that I think that we really just not even graze the surface of, you know, we're limited by time. And I think it's important that we bring Chris back in here to kind of talk a little bit more about uh, the imposter syndrome and, and overcoming the imposter being his book. I think this is something that's worthwhile, but I, I really think that this is something worth exploring yeah. more into. No, and I, th- and I think it's becoming more of a topic. I know I saw it on the Today Show recently. Someone was talking about the imposter syndrome. And I think it's one that, you know, a year or two ago, people probably didn't know a whole lot about it. And now it's becoming more prevalent. And I think people realize they may or may not have it. And as we go into this 2023 and things are kind of a little shaky and it, you might hear that imposter start speaking in your head. So that's why we wanted to have Chris come back because mm-hmm. you may not have had the imposter before, but now all of a sudden things have changed in our world and it's, it's kind of hitting you. So Chris, welcome, welcome back. It's been welcome great to back, Chris. Yeah. Thanks guys. Good to be here again. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming here. And, and, you know, to, to what Dennis was saying, I think it's really important, you know, maybe you didn't have the imposter syndrome or maybe you haven't shaken mm. the imposter syndrome. You know, I, I think it all depends on the individual. And just so that we can rehash this and, and kind of talk about it, you know, for those who are, are not sure what we're talking about, back in February 8th, uh, 2022, we had Chris on before and we talked a little bit about uh, overcoming the imposter syndrome and, and understand that. Chris, can you give us a little, uh, a little brief synopsis of what the imposter syndrome is? Yeah. The imposter syndrome is a psychological term that was coined in the 1970s. So it has been around a while, though, as Dennis mentioned, it's it seems to be a lot more uh, getting a lot more visibility and awareness these days. So more people are talking about it. Uh, but it's a it's a psychological pattern where a person tends to overvalue other people's success and really undervalue or even doubt the reality of their own success. And so, you know, you look at another person and say, well, they're obviously successful because they know what they're doing and they are smart and they make all the right moves, but I've just been making it up as I go and I'm, I'm still figuring it out and maybe I've just gotten lucky. Maybe I have been able to talk my way into situations that I don't really deserve to be in. Um, but it's a feeling of, you know, maybe I'm not what everyone thinks I am. And so it, mm-hmm. you feel like maybe I'm a fraud or I'm an imposter. Wow. You know, I think that this is something personally, I know that I have had at times during my career and, uh, you know, other people that I have talked to, they've really felt it. And one of the things that you touched upon and, uh, you know, you know, just even before we started recording was a couple stories that you really wanted to relay. And I I really want you to, if you wouldn't mind, kind of talk a little bit about that. Maybe this is a a great way for us to to dive a little bit deeper. Can you, can you tell us a few different uh, stories that might be applicable? Yeah. So after writing this book, well, and for several years before writing the book, you know, I was doing a lot of research and a lot of interviews. I've interviewed hundreds of entrepreneurs and business leaders. And, and now I've spoken to large audiences and to groups around the world. And, um, you know, when I wrote the book, I 
wasn't sure if this was mostly an American phenomenon or <laughs> if it really translated across cultures and and uh, in different geographies. And I can say now that absolutely, it's a worldwide, uh, global. It's a universal human problem um, <laughs> because I've talked to people on almost every continent who have wrestled with imposter syndrome and have struggled with you know self doubt and that inner critic. And so, what I've seen is really two approaches to dealing with the, that voice of the inner critic. And, and what I refer to as the imposter, when I say the imposter, I'm talking about that voice in your head that wants to convince you that your success isn't real, the voice of self-doubt. And the way people deal with that voice is either one, they, they try to avoid it and they stay in their comfort zone. They, they play it safe. They be... Uh, they stick to things that they're really good at. And I, I call this mentality, this approach, the tour guide, because tour guides stick to a script. They have very clear boundaries. They, they stay in the area where they're the expert and they know more than everyone else. Hmm. Um, they don't like to ask questions. They like to answer questions. They like to demonstrate their knowledge and, and they get their confidence by being the smartest person in the room. Um, and so Tour guides, uh, they, they put tight boundaries around their world and they just kind of make the same tour over and over again. And they don't deal with self-doubt because they are clearly the expert in their zone and they just stay in that zone. Um, but the other approach that I've seen people take is what I call an explorer mentality. And this approach doesn't avoid the imposter. It disarms the imposter. Hmm. And you disarm it by taking away two of the imposter's primary weapons, which are the fear of failure and the fear of vulnerability. And so an explorer is a person who sees unknown territory, uncharted areas, and gets excited about it. And is is not, not only not afraid to go try something new, but they actually enjoy the challenge and the learning opportunity of experimenting. An explorer also knows that to take a path and figure out that it's not we're going to get you where you want to go and you have to turn around and double back, that that's not failure, that's learning. And learning is part of the process of success. To get where you need to go as an explorer, you have to try a lot of things that don't work in order to figure hmm. out what does work. And that's got to be tough in today's culture because a lot of people... They want to be successful and they want to knock it off and they want to be, you hit, you hit on the, the, the tour guide. Yeah. And then if you, if you deviate and you have failure, they think you're a failure and, and things are bad and it's yeah. not. I, I mean. Yeah. And people will set up a career plan and a path and they think, well, I'm going to achieve this in year two and I'm going to achieve this by year five and I'm going to do this and this <laughs> and this. And then when one of those things doesn't happen, they, they get anxiety. They feel lost. They get frustrated. They, uh, they feel like they've failed in their pursuit of their career because step two did not go according to plan. And we yeah, all and know that step two is where you pivot because it always goes wrong about right. step two or three in exactly. a process, exactly. right? That's where exactly. you have to learn and adapt. And especially in today's world, I mean, it's, you know, a year ago, people were hired and the way things were going. Now we're hitting where some people could be getting laid off. And my plan was I was going to be a VP by this time. And now all of a sudden, the world changed. And now so yeah. that doesn't mean you're bad. It's just, Hey, you got to pivot. It's, it's that point you just yeah. made. That, 
And it's, and it's that adaptability that's going to really make you valuable and successful. Um, not, not the ability to stick to one plan and execute it flawlessly, but the ability to adapt when things inevitably don't go according to plan, I, I think is what will ultimately determine somebody's long-term success. So Chris, let me ask, I know that with the tour guide versus explorer, and and I love that analogy. I think I can visually see that. Do you have uh, any example or maybe like uh, like a reference on that, that people can see what you're talking about? Yeah, I was was working with uh, a client of mine, a guy that I was coaching, and he had been and he had been a successful entrepreneur. Um, and then a highly paid consultant. And then he was recruited um, by one of the largest companies in his industry. Um, and he was hired to build out a new, essentially build out a new line of business, something that that company had never done before, um, but also something he had never done before. It was, it was to create something new. And even though he had spent most of his career as an explorer, he had been very entrepreneurial and he had tried and failed and, and, and experimented his way to success. Something about this job, this opportunity and this environment had, had got him thinking like a tour guide. And so he was expressing to me a lot of stress and anxiety about the fact that um, he thought that this company and his peers all expected him to have all the answers and know exactly how this new line of business was supposed to work. He thought that they were, that they were expecting him to give an expert tour of this new program. (laughs) And it was like during our, during one of our sessions, this light bulb went off and he realized that the reason the company had hired him was not because he had all the answers, but because he was good at going out and finding the answers. Mm -hmm. He was good at figuring it out and that's what they wanted. And, and it was like, I could hear the weight lifted off of his shoulders. I could hear the energy in his voice when he started to realize, Oh man, I just need to, I just need to acknowledge that I don't know these things, but I'm going to go figure them out that, that, and he got comfortable saying, I don't know. Or here's my theory. This is an idea. We haven't tried it yet, but we. this is what we're going to do to figure out if this is going to work. And it, within a matter of a month, his approach changed, his relationships with his peers changed, his boss, uh, the, man, the, the person that was over him commented about how his, uh, his work and his effort and his attitude had completely changed and turned around. Um, and he was exploring again. He was back in his uh, zone of genius, which was building something from the ground up because he had been able to just release the fear of not living up to some golden standard that really was only in his head. Nobody else expected that of him. It was he had put that pressure on himself. Wow. And so that that's what that imposter syndrome is. It's it's you're putting those expectations on yourself that in many cases your, your peers, your boss, the company doesn't have those expectations at all. You're just putting the pressure on yourself. It is. It, it's almost entirely a mental battle inside your own head, imposter syndrome. You know, even as you're just telling that story, I, 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 I could just absolutely, I could hear, I, I could feel that individual just kind of, it's like a, a mind shift. Wait a second. Yeah. This isn't what I'm here for. Yes. And I, I, I think that that probably resonates with a lot of listeners and, uh, you know, that's, that's a great story. I love that story, Chris, but 
Let me ask in terms of maybe anybody who happens to be listening to this and, you know, they're thinking, okay, are there any indicators, any symptoms that, that people should be aware of when it comes to understanding what the imposter syndrome is and, mm. and really what that means for, for people who, who wonder if they have it or, you know, what that yeah. looks like. Yeah. There's, there's one really common symptom um, that I definitely saw a lot in myself and that I've seen in other people. And, and that is the inability to accept a compliment at face wow. value. Mm. When, yeah. when someone says, Hey Benny, you did such a, you guys do such a great job on that podcast <laughs> or I loved the work you did on that project. Or, you know, they give you a compliment. They, they, they tell me that they enjoy my writing or some, a speaking engagement I do. The temptation is to deflect or downplay. Cause if you feel insecure, you have a hard time just accepting that compliment as real. And so we, we make a joke. I've, I've got a, a friend who is a really good writer. Like he's written multiple number one bestsellers. Um, he sold millions of copies of books that he's written. And yet when he, uh, when he gets a compliment about his writing, he has this standard joke, uh, the san- standard response that's something like, oh, you and my mother must be my two readers on that book. And, <laughs> and you know, so he, he, he just, he downplays it with sarcasm and, and we talked, we had a conversation about this when I was developing my book and, and talking about imposter syndrome. And that's one of the things we do. And as I was studying this, I came to this realization. It was like a smack in the face that when someone pays you a compliment and you deflect it or downplay it, you're essentially insulting that person. Mm. Yeah. You know, they, they've, they've handed you a gift and you've, you've either said, you don't know what you're talking about or your opinion doesn't really matter. Or you've, you've taken that gift and you just set it aside and said, I don't really want that. That's not very valuable to me. And once I realized that that's what I was doing, that I was insulting someone who gave me a gift, I determined in my mind that I was going to make it a discipline and a practice. And it is a practice that I had to work at to accept compliments graciously. When someone says you did a good job, I just say, thank you. I worked really hard at that. And it's great to know that my work is appreciated and that it had an impact. It's so gratifying. Thank you very much. No jokes, no sarcasm, no downplaying. And I, I honor the giver when they give me something like that. And, and here's the thing, by doing that repeatedly, by continuing to practice accepting and, and owning those compliments, it actually starts to build my confidence. I start to believe those things that people say about me because I accept them. It's, it's, you know, it's one of those funny things of if you reject it, you, you'll have a hard time believing it. But if you accept it, if you force yourself to accept it, you'll actually start to internalize it and believe it. I was saying, Chris, it's, it's not only saying it, but it is also then helping kind of shut your mind down to don't just verbally yes. say it, but listen to what they're saying because they're giving you a compliment, accept it and allow it to penetrate through your body. Yeah. And don't, yeah. don't block it. And, and you may know that that speech you gave wasn't the best speech you've ever given or that you missed a section or a flaw or there was a flaw. You may know that your podcast isn't, you know, number one in the world and, and, and not the best thing and you wish it was more polished or whatever. Whatever those things, don't let that stuff fill your mind. If someone enjoyed and benefited from your work, that is reality. It did some good. So just 
accept yeah. that. And if we all can just impact one person, it, cha- it you can change the world, literally. Yeah. And I mean, that's yeah. what's cool about it. Yeah. I, I think there's so much there, Chris, in, in what you said that I, I think if you could just do a little bit of a mind shift in terms of the way that we approach accepting compliments and looking at the world, I think that not only will it help kind of ease some of this and, and, you know, I'm just, you know, this is what I'm gleaning off of it. You're the expert on this, but it seems to me that that would go a long way from just alleviating some of those imposter syndrome uh, feelings that you might have. Yeah, it, it it really is something that you overcoming the imposter is not a one time event. It's not mm. something that you, you know, you you strike the death blow or you reach the summit or you cross the finish line and you're done. It's a discipline. It's a set of habits. In in, mm. in my book, I outline ten habits. Um, what I've started calling the ten habits of humble confidence, where. Um, you do these things over and over and over, and they help you to continually overcome that self-doubt and that inner critic. And that's why the book is overcoming active present tense. You're doing it, uh, you know, continually, mm. because even if you completely master over imposter syndrome in one area, you get full confidence and you believe that you you really know what you're doing. As soon as you try something new, as soon as you get a promotion or you start a new business, or you take on a new project, or you move on to your next book that you're writing, or whatever the case may be, you start something new and those doubts can creep right back up again. That voice of the inner critic can come right back and say, here you are back in a place where you don't know what you're doing. You knew what you were doing over there. You finally figured that out, but now you're you're back at it again and you're in over your head. And so you've got to have some disciplines and some skills to continually fight that battle. So Chris, yeah, I mean, as we talked, this is very similar to, you know, like if you like to eat and you get fat or you drink too much or whatever. I mean, it's all, it's about that behavior and changing those behaviors. And if you're an alcoholic or like, I like to eat, you're always going to have that, that temptation is always going to be there to go back to the old way. You have to follow those behaviors that you put in place. sounds very similar with the imposter that it's always there. It's just, you got to know, those things, you're never going to just escape it or make it go away. Yeah, you're not going to make it go away. And and really, um, you don't necessarily want it to go away. So here, here's a little, here's a little trick. I have learned to um to use that feeling as a positive sign. Uh one, one of the things that I did when I, as I wrote this book, um, I went back over my career and kind of, you know, was mining for stories and examples and illustrations to to share. And I had this realization that the moments in my career that I felt the most insecure, the most uh, in over my head, those were the pivotal moments when something great was happening. Those were the times that I was either learning something new or I was in, uh, I was surrounded by people who intimidated me, but from whom I could learn or gain a lot. Um, you know, I was in a, I was in a crowd of very successful, uh, people, or I was in an environment where there was a lot of opportunity, but it was scary. And so now that I recognize that pattern, I've actually started to see that, that feeling of insecurity as a positive sign. Whenever I'm trying something new or I'm, I'm, I'm going and I start to feel a little bit of that imposter syndrome, I start to feel that, that the voice of that inner critic saying, Hey, you better watch out. This is risky. 
I actually get a little bit excited now. I actually say, oh, what's going on here? There's, there's something happening. This means I'm doing something meaningful and I need to lean into it. So I would say that you don't necessarily want it to go away. You want to actually learn how to recognize that nervous energy and harness it and, and see it as a positive sign that you're moving in the right direction. That's great feedback. Because we're in that time where some people may be going through changing of jobs, you know, losing their jobs and having to find a new yeah. way to pivot. They may be in something that feels very unusual or different. It's to your point, it's a great chance to learn and grow and be even more valuable to your organization over time. Yes. yes. And, and if you can t- adopt that explorer mindset and say, I'm going to go into, uh, you know, searching for a job, maybe new to me. Um, getting this new position, or I maybe have I may have to shift industries or switch to a different career in order to find the work that I need. But that's not a failure; that's a learning opportunity. And there's so many, so much exploration that I can do, and uh, so many new things to learn and 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 ways to grow. And if they can embrace that uh, that explorer mentality, then new territory is actually exciting and presents a lot of opportunity, as opposed to being scary and full of risk. That's awesome. Chris, thank you so much. You know, we've, I think we've done it again. We're, 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 we're tackling this 20 minutes at a time. We got in a little bit deeper, but not nearly as, uh, as in depth as we would have liked. Uh, listen, Chris, for those of you can't, you can't see it because we just record audio, but we have that new lighter <laughs> Chris here. Chris has lost 40 pounds since he was here last time. And so we're <laughs> yes, of, thank you so much. You, you should be inspirational. Right? You, 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 you that, yes. I wish this is the part where we wish we had some video here, but listen, Chris, um, thank you for being on the podcast today. How can people get a hold of you if they want to reach out to you and ask you some questions and maybe they have some of their own imposter issues that they'd like to uh, maybe chat with you about. What's the best way for them to get a hold of you? I I love to hear from people that have uh, enjoyed or benefited from my work, whether it's my book or even just a conversation like this. So you can find me uh, online at chriskelso.com and that's Chris with a K, K K-R-I-S, chriskelso.com or overcomingtheimposter.com. And uh, have some great things going to start this year. We've um, we we are in the process of launching an online course around overcoming the imposter. It'll be a deep dive into looking at your uh, your history and your experience and the areas that are scary to you and reframing those uh, weaknesses as strengths and and really exploring where you get stuck and trapped and how to overcome those things so that you can go after those big dreams and goals. So I'm really excited about that. Um, And also people can get a free uh, chapter of the book Mm. um, at either one of those websites I mentioned, chriskelso.com or overcomingtheimposter.com. And it is the chapter on the tour guide and the explorer. So it's one of the best chapters in the book, in my opinion. And uh, that's freely available if you want to go grab it and give it a read. And a compliment to you. I've read the whole book. It's real. The whole, all of the chapters are good. So Chris, thanks for doing this. <laughs> thank you, Dennis. I appreciate that very much. Chris, we thank you so much. Thanks for being on the podcast today. And, and hopefully we'll have you back on again at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys. I really enjoyed this. It's always good to see you again. And, uh, and I look forward to the next time. Thanks so much. Thanks for joining us today on Work From Home with Two Guys. Listen, if you want to get in touch with me, the best way to do it is get in touch by sending me an email, benny at 
velocitytechnology.group. That's B-E-N-N-Y at velocitytechnology.group. Dennis, if some people think that they need to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to reach you? Yeah, there's two ways. One is the email, Dennis J, so it's D-E-N-N-I-S-J at worksolution.com. So it's W-O-R-X and then solution, no S at the end.com. Or I'm on LinkedIn a lot under Dennis Jackson and you can search for works or W or also the work from home with two guys were there as well. So would love to hear from you guys and help out any way we can. Thanks for joining us today. And we'll see you at the next episode. You've been listening to WSH with two guys. We'll see you next time.